0: I was sitting there in that song, and I'm like, anytime you use the phrase, holy ghost got a hold on me. I'm surprised the charismatic didn't take a lap. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just shocked. I'm, just, I'm shocked. if it, That's weird. Anyway, um, I love that song. It's, it's, um, it's something I listened to recently, and I asked Philip, I was like, can we pull that off? And Philip's like, man, we got that. Hey... So uh, I got a confession, and this is uh, not a brand-new confession. I've confessed this before, but I always like when I confess to know who else in the room wrestles with this or or does this. I'm a singer, and when I say I'm a singer, I'm not a singer like on the stage. I've got a couple places that I sing on a consistent basis. I sing in the shower, and I sing in my car. Anybody sing in the shower, sing in your car? Okay, raise your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you sound awesome in the shower, you're like, man, I, well, I should do a concert. I sound great in the shower. And I also sound great in my car. Now, I listen to music loud. In fact, my daughter, uh, she's, she's 13. She'll be 14 next Sunday. It's kind of crazy to believe, but she's like, dad, can you cut down the music? I'm, I'm like, do you know how reversed this conversation is? I like to feel the music in my car. You know what I'm saying? And so I like to listen to it and I love to sing along with it. Now, if you see me driving down the road and I'm kind of vibing to a song, just I'm, I don't always listen to worship music. I don't, I don't always listen to good music. I listen to that secular stuff sometimes. I do, I do. And I can sing it. I can, I can wear it out. Um, but on one particular day, not too long ago, I'm riding down the road, and this happened. Hello, how you doing? Um, this happened. <laughs> To me, I'm sorry, it's, I, it just, I'm off the meds right now and it's just crazy. Um, I'm, I'm riding down the road and I was singing a, a worship song. And in fact, I can tell you what song it was. It's an older song, um, I, I Know My Redeemer Lives. Yeah, 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 that one gets me every time, every time. And I was listening to this song and I'm, I'm just, I'm in the presence of God. I don't know if this has ever happened in your car, where you're just at a red light and a song, like a worship song, and you are just messed up. Like I was, like ugly cry messed up. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have like the tears streaming down my face. I I had the contorted face. It was like, it's like, if you put the camera on that, during worship time, and somebody's watching offline. They're like, "Are they torturing people during worship?" Because you 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 look hurt. You just look hurt. So I was looking hurt, and I was in. I felt like Jesus was right next to me, and I was praying. And I was just, man, just man. Jesus, you are so good, and you are so awesome. And then I felt something. Now I'm gonna pause. Every bit of the story is true because somebody's going. And my daughter always asks, "Daddy, was that story true?" It's true. I felt something on my leg. And, and, and I had on shorts that day. It was warm. And I, and I, I, I looked down from my worship posture in the presence of Jesus on my leg. And there was a spider <laughs> about the size of a poodle. <laughs> what came out of my mouth? What'd you say, Pastor P? <laughs> I put it this way: I said it, then I did it. I mean, that, that that should clue you in right there. I went from being in the presence of Jesus to the presence of Satan in like less than a second. I was. I, how does that happen? How do you go from, oh, God, he's so good, to son of a... Okay, like, you're, you're with me, right? See, I didn't finish it. Next week, 15 Unfiltered. So I didn't, I didn't finish it. But how does that happen? Because I've heard this, and you've heard this too. If you're walking with Jesus, then something like that would never happen. Well, the only problem with that is, A, the people I know that walk with Jesus, and B, all the people in the Bible. I'm, I'm, I'm talking today to people who, who, there's some people in this room, you feel like, or you know what it's like to be on a spiritual high, Spir- spiritual high. You know what it's like to feel like you're, like, you know what it's like to feel like, man, I, I won spiritually today. I was able to overcome a temptation, or I got a Bible answer right, or whatever. And there's also people in this room that knows what it's like to fail spiritually. I'm talking about straight up fail. And, and we're taught in church world that as long as you get it right, well then God's going to give you a gold star and, um, and, and, and it's like do more, try harder. And the more you do and the harder you try, the better you're rewarded. But if you fail or you screw up or you get something wrong, well, you're, you're disqualified. And In fact, we teach people this. This is kind of the way we learn it. If you're a Christian, this is what your spiritual growth should look like. It's always kind of like up and to the right. You just always, and this is what we hear. It's just, it's just I, heard, I used to hear older people say, every day with Jesus just gets sweeter and sweeter. Well, you ain't doing it right. In fact, the Apostle Paul, his life was awesome until he met Jesus, and then he got his head chopped off. How do you tell Paul, Paul, every day with Jesus, just get sweeter. Yeah, I'm about to get my head chopped off. This is how people look at spiritual growth, and this is what we're told. Well, unless your life is like that, then it's not good. But see, most of us, if we're honest, that's not our lives spiritually. That's our lives spiritually, that, that it's it's kind of like, okay, I'm doing good and went into a valley and right here, and if it wouldn't have been for that bridge, I wouldn't make it, and dear God, I almost drowned right there in the storm, and then but he, here's what I've discovered. Like places like here we appreciate Jesus, but we get to know him here and here and here. And in places like this and this and this, when we deserve God's grace, like the least is when we experience it the most. And so I want to show you this in the story, if you've been around for a while or you ever heard me teach, I've taught on this passage of scripture, but I'm going to go beyond this passage of scripture. Typically where I go beyond is show you something that I've never seen before. And if you feel like at some point you have failed spiritually, you have messed up spiritually, you've gotten it wrong spiritually, I think you're going to be encouraged by the message today. In fact, I hope you are thirsty. There we go. Here we go. Matthew chapter 16 verse 13. It starts off like this. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi. Now let me pause real quick and and teach on this real quick. There are four gospels in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew was written to a primarily Jewish audience. So like places and names of places had significant meaning. So when a Jewish person during the time of Jesus read the words Caesarea Philippi, this would have been shocking because why would you go to Caesarea Philippi? Nothing good happened at Caesarea Philippi. They worshiped idols at Caesarea Philippi. This would would be like saying, in fact, I shared this a few months ago. This would be like saying when Jesus came to the region of Myrtle Beach during Senior week, right? And I challenge some of you to go home and ask your parents about their senior week story at Myrtle Beach. And some of you ask your parents about the senior and they told you they didn't have one. And that's kind of true. They, they actually don't remember the one that they have. That's why they didn't tell you about their senior week story, okay? Some of you just freaked out because you're like, my seniors at the beach, I know. <laughs> Let's just pray, right? Anyway, so, so when, when, when Jesus got there, see, Caesarea Philippi was a messy place full of messy people. But I love this because it's a reminder to us that Jesus doesn't run from the mess. He always steps into the mess. He's not afraid to go to messy places filled with messy people. I love that about Jesus. And that's what's happening when he goes to Caesarea Philippi. But then, watch this. He asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Now, here's how you know when Jesus is beginning to work in your life. He doesn't make accusations. He just asks questions. You sure you want to do that? Sure you want to go there? Sure you want to answer that text? Like, like stuff like that begins happening inside of you. And that's just Jesus just, hey, listen, you sure? That, that, that's him trying to protect us. And here he's asking just a general question. He's like, guys, I hadn't been on my social media account in a while, and I know you guys are kind of managing that for me. So who do people say that I am? And I want you to watch what they do because they do to Jesus what we do to him sometimes. They said, um, well, some say John the Baptist, and that's probably good. I mean, that's good. That's good company right there, John the Baptist. Some say Elijah, and, and he's good people. So, so that's, that's a good thing to be called, Elijah. And others say Jeremiah, he cried too much, but still he's one of the prophets or one of the other prophets. See, don't don't miss this. They told Jesus the good stuff. They told him something. They didn't tell him everything. And don't we do that sometimes? We we just tell people about the good stuff, but we don't tell them about everything. Because, see, not only did they call Jesus this, these things, but in other places they called him a glutton, a drunkard, and a friend of sinners. That's, that's pretty messed up. If you call me a glutton and a drunkard, in it, well, yeah, I've been called all that. But, like, if you call me those things, right, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty upset. And, in John chapter 8, they called him a demon-possessed Samaritan. They didn't mention that. Let's just, leave. Let's, just, let's just tell him the good stuff. And we do that sometimes in our prayers. God, I love you. I'm so good and inside we're dying. Like we're, we're dying spiritually, but we don't want to tell him that because Jesus can't handle the bad stuff. I want to promise you, if Jesus, if Jesus can handle anything we throw his way. But they got to protect Jesus, right? And so then Jesus makes it personal. It gets Real personal. And has anybody ever asked you a personal question that made you super uncomfortable? I remember the 2008 election. Barack Obama and John McCain divided. I mean, just, just, I mean, in the South, you don't talk college football or politics. I went into CVS. All I was doing was picking up a prescription, that's all I was doing. Picking up a prescription. I never will forget, I got in there and a guy started talking. There's like 20 people there getting a prescription that day. He said, what you think about the election? I said, man, it's going to be a election, isn't it? <laughs> and he said, I never will forget this. He said, who are you voting for, Pastor P? And it's like, Everything stopped, and everybody leaned in. Y'all remember old school? Y'all remember those E. F. Hutton commercials? And I completely lied. I said I don't know yet. I ain't telling y'all who I voted for. Some of y'all like Leah. Like some of y'all are waiting for it, right? It got personal. It gets personal because Jesus, Jesus is like, that's, that's great. You told me all the good stuff, but then it got personal. J- Jesus said, but, but who do you say I am? Jesus said, who are you voting for? Who do you say I am? And I would be willing to bet all the apostles kind of did one of these numbers. Oh, boy. Except for one. Peter. He was the kid in the class. you ever been in the classroom where the kid, that one kid, there's one kid in every class. There's one kid in every class. You hate this kid unless you are this kid. And this is the second chance. None of those kids come here. But you know the kid, you know the kid, this kid, this kid, oh, 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 oh. And Jesus is like, oh man. Thomas, yeah, okay, I doubt it. I, I, like James, John, anybody, anybody, anybody. Okay, 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 okay. Peter, and it should it should cause because Simon Peter, listen, he was always. Here's the thing I love about Simon Peter. At least he was doing something. I mean, he did cut a guy's ear off, but the whole time he's thinking, "Well, Jesus can fix it if it don't work." I mean, he just stick the guy's ear back on, so we should be good. So Simon Peter answered. You are the Messiah, the Son of the Living God. That is a loaded statement. Like when he, when he said you're the Messiah, in other words, he's saying you are who the nation of Israel has been looking for for hundreds of years. You're the one that the prophets wrote about in the Old Testament. We believe you are the Son of God, the Savior of the world. Simon Peter got it right. And this is enormous because I want you to watch what Jesus says. Now, this is what we're about to call a spiritual high for Peter. Because Peter gets it right, and look at what Jesus said. He kind of disses him a little bit in this next verse. Watch this. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. In other words, you're too dumb to come up with that on your own. God had to tell you that, all right? That's how you got it, Peter. You did not learn this from any human being. In other words, Jesus said, number one, Peter, you heard from God. I want to just ask a quick question to everybody in the room, anybody watching online. How awesome is it when you hear the voice of God speak into your life? Now, if you've ever heard God audibly, man, that's awesome. I've never heard him audibly, and I think the reason why is because he knows how scared I get at just the little things. And so that would freak me out, and I would roll up in a ball and pee my pants, all right? So I'm, I haven't heard So, But if you have, I'm not doubting you. I'm just saying I love it, when and, and, and let me push the pause button here and say, I'm not saying when, because every once in a while, you'll meet somebody, and they'll say, hey, man, God told me to tell you something. I'm like, well, okay, that's good, but he and I have a real good relationship, and I, one lady told me one time to walk around the building seven times, and I was like, I ain't, I ain't doing that. What if God told me? He didn't tell you, because it happened one time in the scripture. They walk around Jericho seven times. The walls fell down. We just got this building built, and I'm not trying to tear it down. Shut up, lady. Anyway. <laughs> I ain't got time to play, y'all. I ain't got... <laughs> so, so I love it when God speaks to me, and you know, like you've been in this room probably, and God has spoken to your heart. I remember when He told me the name for this church. I was on Clemson Boulevard, right, right out there, driving toward the mall, and I was talking to a friend on my. I was talking to a friend on the phone, and we we're talking about the church. And he said, "What you gonna name it?" I said, "I don't know." Because there's so many church names and, and I just, I don't know what to call it. And, and he said, well, why are you, I'm like, why are you planning the church? And I was like, oh, that's easy. I think everybody needs a second chance. And as soon as I said it, like as soon as the words came out God spoke to me and said, that's it. And I love it when God speaks because he speaks so clearly. And then he just kind of confirms it over and over. I love that. And, and Jesus said, Peter, you just heard the voice of God. Way to go. Then he says this, now I say that you are Peter, which means rock. Now in my mind, I'm a wrestling fan. So I just got, the, Dwayne, WWE, remember when The Rock used to come out and like, I love that stuff. It's like a male soap opera, all right? I love watching wrestling. And Women don't judge me because you watch Pinterest, all right? It's the same thing, <laughs> something that will never happen. All right, so there we go. And on this rock, meaning on this statement that you just made, Peter, you just said, I'm the Messiah. He said, on that statement, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. In other words, he said, Peter, I'm going to use you. Let me push the pause button here and just tell everybody in the room. God wants to use you in ways that you could never imagine. You say, well, Peter, you don't know what I've done. Yeah, but I know what Peter did. If God can use Peter, if God can use me, God can use anyone. And Jesus said, I'm going to use you, Peter. Then he said this, and this is crazy. He said, and I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. (laughs) I'm just trying to get the keys to a Jeep. And you got the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. And some of you are like, Pastor Pete, what's that mean? Well, you know what I discovered? Since Jesus said this for 2,000 years, people have been fighting about what it means. I ain't got time to fight. Y'all, I'm a lover, not a fighter, you you know what I'm saying? I just got married. I'm a lover, not a fighter. I was hoping somebody would get that, but that's all right. Right over the head. That's okay. That's okay. I don't know what it means. But it's got to be really awesome to get the keys to the kingdom. And whatever you forbid on earth, don't miss that word right there. It's going to come back. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. That's that's kind of would you say that's got some authority with it? Yes or no? Yes. I forbid. That's whatever you forbid on earth will be. And then what and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I I don't know exactly what's all wrapped up in this, but here's what I do know. Jesus said, Peter, you're going to be blessed. So so Peter's like, I just heard the word of God. I've just been used by God. I'm blessed by God. This is a mountaintop experience for Peter, and we've all been there. But don't forget, it's Peter. Just like South Carolina football. He's going to figure out a way to screw it up. All right. (laughs) I had to say, you know why I say that? Because people used to tell me, you can't use them in illustrations before. I absolutely can. I can. It feels so good. I feel so free right now. Unless you're something that sounds, anyway, next week. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly. Now, let me pause real quick. This word right here, plainly. They were so thankful because Jesus used to tell a lot of stories. He told stories all the time. He told so many stories that they didn't even know what he's talking about. They would ask him a question. Jesus, what's the kingdom of heaven like? kingdom of heaven is like a man. He went out and had some seed. He threw some seed on the ground. They're like, okay, okay. But just could you answer a question? Could you answer a question? He can't answer a question. He can't. He's ta- what's he, he's, I don't know. He's talking about some seed. When he gets done, we'll ask him what he meant because nobody understands what he's talking about. And they would get him to come. what does that mean? Well, the sea, okay. Jesus, Jesus, how should we build our lives? Well, there was a man, he went out and he built his house. On the, okay, he's talking about building again. I don't even know. He, what, I don't know. He, I, just let him go. Just let him finish. Well, ask him when he's done. <laughs> Jesus, how should we live our lives? Well, there was a mama bear and a papa bear and a baby bear. And they, Okay, okay, this girl's going to get eaten. She shouldn't be in the bear's house. We don't, okay, I just made that up. That's not in the Bible. But, but Jesus is always telling stories. So he starts telling them something plainly. So they're leaning in, going, finally, he's talking to us in a way we can understand. He's not using code. Any married men know what it's like to be married to somebody that uses code? You don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> I can feel the yeses coming right now, okay? <laughs> he began to tell them plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem. Now they're on board. Heck yeah, we're going. You know what? We're going to Jerusalem because the Messiah, they thought, was going to set up a political kingdom. So we're going to Jerusalem, and we we kicking butt, and we taking names. we kicking out the Romans. we kicking out the Egyptians. We are we are set up. Come, give me that fist bump. Yeah, we're going to Jerusalem. What are we going to do in Jerusalem, Jesus? And he said, I'm glad you asked. And I'm gonna, he said, and he will suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of the religious law, and he would be killed. And this is where they all went. Oh. That might be in your plan. I didn't that really wasn't in my plan. Have you ever had that experience where your plan and Jesus' plan didn't match up? I have. I, I have. See, they didn't like this plan. Have you ever followed Jesus to the point and you're like, man, this is good, this is good, and all of a sudden he shares something with you. You're like, ah I'm gonna think about that one. In that exact octave right there. You hit that octave when you were doing it. And here's why. Don't miss this. The reason they had a problem with it, it was it is because they were following him. So if Jesus was going to suffer and ultimately be killed, they were going to suffer and ultimately and be killed. So Jesus, I am down with you being the Messiah. But the whole suffering getting killed, i not... I don't think I signed up for that. They're not really excited. Then he said, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. Now, completely missed that. Completely missed it. Do you know sometimes we miss the blessing that God wants to do because we can't get past how he wants to do it? Oh, my God. I didn't even say that in the last service. But it's true. We miss the blessing of God because we don't like how he's going to do it. Like we all want the resurrection, we just don't want the crucifixion. And listen, I understand what this is like. I understand what it's like to be in a place where I'm so glad that I'm here. I just I, I wouldn't have chosen to get here this way, but I'm glad I'm here. And I'm talking to somebody right now who's wrestling with... With why am I going through all this suffering and why am I going through all this stuff and it feels like the world is caving in on me. And maybe, just maybe, the reason you're going through it is because he's preparing you for a miracle that's absolutely going to blow your mind. One of the things I've discovered about Jesus personally and in the scriptures is we never suffer by accident. It's always on purpose. He's always taking us to a place that is greater than where we came from. So you might be in the middle of a mess, but I would challenge you, sir, I would challenge you, ma'am, to hold on because we serve a God who takes a mess and turns it into a miracle. That's who he is, and that's what he does every single time. Man, I feel good right now. But they didn't like that. And let's not judge him. We wouldn't like it either. But Peter took him aside. Can you see this? They're all like, oh, snap. And Peter's like, hey, guys, I got this. I'm the rock. (laughs) Hold on, Jesus. And I'm about to go ask him. Do you smell?" What the rock is cooking. I don't think he said it like that, but you'll never forget it. <clears throat> Every time you read it now, you're like freaking Pastor P, he did that thing with the rock. <laughs> Peter's like, I got this, guys. I got this, guys. I got it. God, y'all just stay right there. Just hold on. Jesus. 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 Jesus? Jesus. What are you doing? Took him aside. And begin to reprimand him. (laughs) How how bold do you have to be to start reprimanding Jesus? Jesus. For saying such things. Now, remember in the previous, he said, Jesus said, Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Peter's like, I'm gonna try it out. (laughs) Heaven forbid! In other words, Jesus, I'm gonna use your own words on you. Heaven forbid, and this is how you know he had a little bit of southern in him, because that's what we say in the south. Heaven forbid that happen. It's kind of like a southern woman using your full name. Guys, when your mama called you by your full name, your party was over, right? <laughs> Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Straighten it out, guys. I got Jesus back on the right track. Feeling good about it. Got to say now, Jesus, to the rock. And Jesus flips the script on him so fast. Watch this. Just called him the rock. Remember that? He said, Get away from me, Satan. I've called some people some mean names before. I've said some stuff that I wish I could take back. I have never called anyone. Okay, there's a girl I dated in college, and I called her that. But, like, other than her, <laughs> like, when you call somebody Satan, that's, that's legit. But remember, it wasn't like Thomas or James or John Jesus called him Satan. And Peter's like, I thought I was the rock. Because he just called him the rock. How do you go from the rock to Satan in like four verses? It took him three minutes to screw up the spiritual high. <laughs> took him three minutes. He's a classic overachiever, right? Get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. In other words, he's like, you're just seeing things wrong. Jesus is, not a, Jesus is not attacking Peter. He's attacking his view. Jesus is not attacking you. He's attacking our view. That, he's, he's saying, you, you got it all wrong. But let me ask you a question. How did Peter feel when Jesus called him the rock? Mountaintop experience, right? How did he feel when Jesus called him Satan? Valley. Went from a mountain to a valley in less than three minutes. Doesn't that happen to us on Sundays? We can have a mountaintop experience in this room. mean, man, you get in the parking lot trying to get out of this place. And all the cars are going and, and finally the traffic person stops you. You're the first car they stopped. You ever been there? Why'd they pick me? I ain't never come back to this church. <laughs> Mount experience. And then this is what we get told. If you can let this world take you from the mountain to the valley, you must not be a good Christian. Well, the guy that started the church, it happened to him. I'm just saying, if there's a time that you felt closer to Jesus in your life than you do right now, it doesn't disqualify you from His blessings or His protection or His guidance. In fact, you might be there. So, because Peter, when you're the rock, you don't seek Jesus, but when you get called Satan, that's when you start going, "Man, I don't want to be in this place." This is why I'm so glad that we have a God that's into forgiveness not fault-finding. See, Christianity is about forgiveness. Religion is about finding what you did wrong. And Jesus is about forgiveness rather than the fault-finding. Jesus is about restoration, not retribution, not paying you back. But Jesus took our place. He took the payment, so he's not looking to pay us back. He's looking to restore us back better than we were before. Jesus is looking for celebration, not condemnation, because when the prodigal son came home, the father didn't throw a fit he threw a party and he welcomed him and he celebrated him coming home. And that's the kind of Jesus that we have. So let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. This is, this is just great. What do you think Jesus did about this? Because Peter screwed up. Peter got it wrong. Peter, Peter got it so wrong that Jesus called him Satan. Satan. What do you think the very next thing that happened to Peter was? Was obviously punishment. Obviously, he got put out. Obviously, Jesus went off on him and told him what a horrible person he was. No, 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 no. The very next event that happened in the gospel of Matthew happened like this in Matthew chapter 17, verse 1. Matthew tells us six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and led them up a high mountain to be alone. Now, if you're Peter, and Jesus comes to you and says, hey, Pete, get Jim and John. We're going to go to the mountaintop. If you're Peter, you're like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm so good right here. Just me. I mean, just hanging out with the guys around the fire. I'm good. Jesus is like, no, we're going to go. If you're Peter. You probably think Jesus is calling you away to punish you, to put you down, cast you out. You probably think if I go up that mountain, I ain't coming back because he doesn't call me Satan. We had not talked since. So I'm not sure I want to go, Jesus, but somehow Jesus compels him to go up this mountain. James and John are there, and I guess Peter's thinking they're there to carry my body back down, if there is any body left at all. But then watch what Jesus does. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. This is known in the Scriptures as the Mount of Transfiguration is the one place that Jesus revealed who he was to mankind in his heavenly body. And Peter got to see it. Not after he called Jesus the Son of God, but after Jesus had called him Satan. Not after a spiritual high. But in his spiritual valley. The only concept that we can use to describe this is amazing grace. Amazing grace. And the same amazing grace that allowed Peter to see Jesus after he had gotten it wrong is the same amazing grace that's available for all of us today just like the old hymn says amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me i don't know who i'm talking to today but to the person that you have you've done something recently that you said you would probably never do done some things that you're not particularly proud of. Don't mess, don't, don't, don't get it twisted. Religion will push you out. But when we get to that place of desperation, that's when we're the most open to the invitation of Jesus. And Jesus wants to invite you somewhere and reveal himself to you in a way that you've never seen him before. Because his amazing, listen, Peter goes on to preach on the day of Pentecost and ultimately changed the world, not because of his goodness, but because of God's amazing grace. So Jesus, I want to thank you today for your amazing grace, that it's so good and it's so rich and it's so real. I want to pray for every single person in this room, every single person watching online right now. Jesus, for those of us in this room that know in this moment we need your amazing grace, may we receive the words of this hymn as it is sang over us. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you stand for prayer? Father, we thank you so much for your amazing grace. God, I want to pray for the person today in this place that feels in a spiritual valley, at a spiritual low point. They just got something wrong and they feel like it could never be right again. God, may we be reminded of the grace that you showed Peter. And may we be reminded of the grace that you've shown us in our own lives right now with heads bowed and eyes closed, if if you've just been reminded today of the fact that God's grace is for you, just just right where you stand, just thank him. Thank him that he knew that you were going to be in this place, and today he's drawing you back to him. You have not gone too far or messed up too much to disqualify yourself from receiving the grace of God. And maybe you're here today. You've never prayed to receive Christ. And you know today that you need Jesus. You need to ask Him in your life. That's the decision you need to make. And if that's you, then right where you stand, I want you to just pray this in your heart. Just pray this in your heart. Say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sins. And right now, Jesus. I receive you into my life. Come in and take over. With heads bowed and eyes closed right now, if you just prayed that prayer, if you just said that prayer in your heart, would you do me a favor? Put your hand in the air. Put it real high because we want to. I want to see Thank you. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you. Anybody else? Just real, hand, real high. I want to pray for you. I want to celebrate with you. Father, I want to thank you for every raised hand. I want to thank you for the people that just stepped over from death to life. Father, I want to thank you today that your amazing grace is real. That your amazing grace is real when we're on the mountaintop. And your amazing grace is real when we're in the valley. Father, I want to thank you for your forgiveness. I want to thank you for your love. And I want to thank you, Jesus, that you love us enough to reveal yourself to us. Not just when we're in the mountaintop, but when we're in the valley. And remind us that your grace, your grace is enough. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for this. And everybody that agreed said amen. Are you glad you came to church today? Because I'm glad. I'll see you guys next Sunday for the conclusion of this series. God bless.